0: you know we target and i was telling you before very comfortably even with everything that's happening right now with interest rates and all of that uh, i feel very comfortable in targeting a 20 percent annual uh, return to investors
1: it's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions well you've come to the right spot whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing. Our goal is to provide investors with insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Marcelo Valdez. And today we are the Two Smart Assets. For those not yet familiar with Marcelo, he is a former Marine, corporate executive, and founder of the Next Wave Group, where he has transacted, remodeled, and built over $40 million in real estate assets. And now he's on a mission to help former military and technology professionals achieve financial independence through real estate investing. Marcelo, my man, it is great to see you. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Daniel. Appreciate it. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah. Glad to have you on the show, man. I know we kind of chatted before we hit record uh, about the conversation we're going to have today, which is going to be centered around accessory dwelling units. This will be the first time we've had somebody talk about this on the show. So I'm super pumped to kind of get this conversation going. But to kick this thing off, just to make sure everybody's on the same page, can you give us just like a general overview of what an ADU is and how it fits in the real estate investing landscape?
0: Yeah. So uh, ADUs are, it it is kind of a fancy name. Uh, Some people I think they've become a little more common here in California and where I'm at, specifically San Diego, people are getting a little more used to the phrase and the concept, but it's basically what a lot of times back in the old days, like I, my family kind of, we really had a setup, uh, was a garage apartment. Mm. So, you know, you can think of it as that way. Um, a lot of people call them a granny flat. And I think, again, it used to be pretty common when maybe there wasn't so much strict zoning, you know, back in the, maybe the 1940s, 50s, 60s, somebody would have a converted garage or they might have a unit over garage. And what what has now happened is, is as especially in California, um, there are a few other places that, that uh, and jurisdictions that have these things. But as uh, the housing crisis has gotten acute in a lot of metropolitan areas, governments have said, hey, how do we how do we kind of help alleviate that? And so the idea of the accessory dwelling unit or the ADU is just an additional unit um, and actually specifically in California, they allow two. And so it's additional unit on a property um, that is big enough, or even if it's not again, like it could be a garage conversion. So kind of a fancy name, but a simple
1: concept. Awesome. Thanks for the overview there. So generally, mm-hmm. in terms of an ADU, you're seeing either something that turning something that's already attached to the house into that unit or building something, say, in the backyard, or like you said, over a garage or something? Like, Is there is there one that's more typical than the other that you've seen in your experience? Mm, tip, well, I think typically, well, the one is the
0: garage conversion, because that's easiest, sure. right? right. Uh, lots and lots of those going on in San Diego right now. Take a two-gar garage, turn into a little studio, total no-brainer here, right? Uh, then the second one is really building something in the backyard, and that's usually typically uh, just a smaller uh, single unit. But, but one thing to keep in mind, at least here in California, is they allow up to 500 square feet for what's called the junior accessory dwelling unit. So that's kind of more the concept of either whether you mm. maybe have let's say like a downstairs master unit or something you pop a door to the outside and now that's a, a sure. jdu or convert the garage. The accessory dwelling unit could be up to 1200 square feet. Wow. And and yeah, wow, right? I mean, yeah. you know, maybe in Texas that's not a single family home, <laughs> but in California, I mean, that's like yeah, that's a three bedroom, two bath. That's, you know, a family sure and, and lots of them have grow up and live their entire lives in in houses that are smaller than that. So they can be pretty big.
1: That's uh, I didn't realize they were that big. That's uh, that's something that's new to me. You know, uh, living in Denver, ADUs are kind of popular in certain areas just because of uh, you know, the housing restrictions and stuff like that. They're becoming more popular, but uh, yeah, I didn't realize they could be that big. With that in mind, you know, you mentioned this earlier, and we talked a little bit about it before the show. Have you seen the interest or popularity of ADUs kind of increase as affordability and inventory has remained an issue across you know metropolitan areas in the country in the U.S.?
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. So. I mainly want to speak to San Diego because it's sure. my area, my neck yep. of the woods. I know they're popular in places, especially in the West Coast. When you look up in like a, like Portland and Oregon, Seattle, uh, certainly across uh, California, right? Um, definitely, they've become really popular. And here in San Diego, you, yeah, I have. Let me think here. Um, I got a neighbor two houses down. Uh, they did something wrong. <laughs> And uh, they've had a stalled out project for years, but they've got one going on. Literally, my next door neighbor has one that was built before the easing of the regulations for ADUs. you you know, you could always kind of build something but it was used to be very, very hard in Mm -hmm. California and in certain jurisdictions. So they have one the neighbor behind me does across the alley. Um, Now my neighbor Three doors down is building one, and she's moving right along. Wow. So, and I'm I'm a little bit more coastal. So, okay. but yeah, I mean, there. I mean, and I go walk my dog, and there's half a dozen going up in in backyards.
1: And those are just single units. Just like Not, yeah, those are
0: those typically are more like the single unit. Okay. That okay, that yeah. that people commonly think of when they think of. A granny flat or an accessory dwelling yet. Yeah, most of them around here are single.
1: Okay, and I think it's interesting because you know, as we were talking about earlier, you actually do something a little bit different, which is something yeah. I've never heard of. Uh, I, I do want to dive into that, but I do want to ask you first. So, let's say I'm an investor or I'm a homeowner, and I'm in a situation where maybe in California or San Diego, let's just put there because that's what you're familiar with, and I'm interested in going building an ADU, adding an ADU in my backyard. What are some of the cons- key considerations I need to be thinking about before just going and doing this? yeah prob-
0: well right now uh financing sure. right okay, yeah <laughs> so yes. so it is it, it, that's a big one that's a really big one uh i also think the design the person you you pick for your design work i it, more and more design professionals are becoming used to the concept and some of okay. them are and there are some that only do that and they specialize in oh, advertising really? that way i would just say make sure you look for somebody that has experience in doing them because uh there are definitely tips and tricks of the trade. Okay. And of course, finally, and ultimately, like I said, a neighbor, several houses down, I, I, I don't know exactly what's gone wrong, but, but uh, they picked a builder who, who messed Oof. up. Okay. So, so you want to also be looking very carefully at the builder, and preferably somebody, of course, also who has experience building ADUs for your for your general
1: contractor. So that experience is really a big deal with something like this. Why? Because you're obviously you want to be built correctly, but then also you have to deal with local regulations and stuff like that, right? How important is knowing the local regulations before diving into something like this? Super important. Yeah. Super, super important because my first two,
0: I um, didn't have all of the understanding. And so, you know, like anything new you make mistakes and i made mistakes <laughs> and you know which is fine fail forward and i learned quite a bit from them and now we're getting much more of a machine going uh to where the design elements uh, all the ins and outs kind of the tips again tips and and tricks right because yeah. each jurisdiction is going to be different and they're going to have the the little ways to figure out how to do something so that it you know you can uh, get your design work through quicker or cheaper or whatever so we've we've really figured that out uh, because now we're on our sixth Project, yeah. Wow, but the first two,
1: uh, yeah, I kind of, kind of, as always, you know, it was a learning. Sure. Process. So, so let me ask you. So, you brought up two interesting points, and I, again, I just want to jump into these real quick before we dive into what you're doing, because I find out what you're doing is, I didn't even know it was possible, but. I want to talk. Keep continue this conversation about local regulation. So, if somebody's interested in doing this ADO, Where should they start? Making sure how do they find the information to make sure that they're good to go, or is this something they should just trust their local contractor or whoever's building the unit for them? To, no, to no. Do I would everything?
0: go. I would go in into your local uh, building building codes and, and okay. building site. So, in San Diego, it's uh, opendsd.gov. Mm-hmm. and that's it's an actually that's an amazing resource. There's so much you can find out, and most of it is. Fairly straightforward. Some of it does get, especially when we start talking about the multifamily mm-hmm. aspect of this, it, it gets a lot trickier. So it gets a lot harder to figure things out. But if you're just going for straight ADU, like I said, like, for example, here in San Diego,
1: opendsd.gov, tons of information. Okay, perfect. That's a great resource, and and I'm sure every metro has something like that, right? Where they can exactly go, jump exactly. in and find out what that is in their local the local area. Okay, so it's perfect. Appreciate that. Next topic uh, before diving into the multifamily section is financing. Right? You know, you mentioned that was really important. One of the three main factors in doing this. How are people financing these type of these ADUs? What are you seeing uh, in I your think, experience? Well,
0: it all depends. So again, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna split between the multifamily investing. Okay what yeah, I'm doing right now sure. versus your homeowner, you know, your homeowner is is going to do a lot of uh, home equity line type stuff. Okay. So yeah. even though people had talked big story about recessions and this yeah. and that and everything, you know, home values here have still gone up. So yeah. a lot of people have a lot of equity with low interest firsts, And so that's probably the first place to look. Okay. And, yep. and more and more banks uh, and non-banks too are providing financing for these things. So it depends, a lot of it depends on how long uh, these things have been going on or the, the, construction has been going on in your particular area here. It's gotten mature enough now to where uh, appraisers are doing a better job. Still not great, sure, but your residential appraisers are doing a better job. Commercial appraisal is easy because it's just based off of income. Right. So, Fortunately, that's really easy. The residential part is still a little tricky. So if you're, if you're early in the curve, it might be more difficult to go say to a bank and uh try and figure this out okay and in that way it's it's probably better to go like kind of like a home equity line sort of sort of
1: direction gotcha. Okay, perfect. That's super clear. And that makes a lot of sense, you know, when I was thinking about it, I was like what's the best way to go about, you know, financing something like this? This is this is the exact path I was thinking. It made the most sense, you know, being able to tap the equity and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you know, now that we've co- covered that and that's more of like the single units, I kind of want to I, I want to dive into what you're doing cuz it's a little bit yeah. different. It's a little bit more involved. So tell us more about that. Walk us through that process of what you're actually kind of doing um with your units in the multifamily space.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I'll describe it and also uh it can get kind of dense. I have a guide I'm my website. It's uh, the next wave group.com. And in there, there's a free guide you can download investing uh, into ADUs for multifamily. But basically what it is, is is this. So again, going back to the state of California said, Hey, we've got this real housing crisis. And so we've got to figure out a way essentially to eliminate single family zoning. Mm. So as we had talked about beforehand, uh, I know that in the city of LA and the city of San Diego, not quite, but almost 70% of residential zoning is single family owned only. Okay. Sure. So state said, okay, boom, we're gonna forget about all of that. We're gonna allow any jurisdiction, not allow, let me rephrase it, mandate any jurisdiction. You cannot block these things. So whether it's in Beverly Hills or a city of San Diego or wherever these crazy places you can think of where you know uh, they try and limit these things, there's lots of uh, NIMBYs, right? Not in my backyard. Yeah. They said, forget about the NIMBY thing. You, you cannot uh, disallow these. So you can do one ADU and one junior ADU. So that's one 1,200 square foot plus one up to five hundred square foot junior unit. Total seventeen hundred square.
1: Seventeen hundred, yeah, okay.
0: All right. So City of San Diego said we're gonna we're not gonna use that as like the ceiling. Like maybe they, I'm just I'm I'm not picking on Beverly Hills. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, okay. You know, maybe Beverly Hills is, well, we're not letting you do any more than that, man. That's it. You know. Yeah. Whereas City of San Diego said, oh no, that's where we're gonna start. Okay. Oh. So okay. if if you're in multifamily, you can automatically do. Two full-size ADUs, so 2,400 square feet. Yeah, okay. Uh, As like one base. Now, if you're in a single-family zone, then you can do what state allows. Now, if you want to go beyond those two things, then what we're going to say is, according, you're going to use the federal guidelines. And in City of San Diego, you have the, and it's run by the uh, San Diego Housing Commission, Affordable Housing Commission, and they have their guidelines. Which, as an example, for a single, uh, excuse me, for one bedroom, it's roughly twenty three hundred dollars a month is allowed for rent. Mm. So two thousand three hundred. So they say if you're gonna if you're gonna provide affordable an affordable unit, okay. So let's just say, for example, for now, for the moment, that it's a one bedroom. We're gonna allow you to have a bonus market rate unit. So and and if there's enough room on your lot, then you can do another one, another affordable with another bonus, another affordable. With another wow. box so that's how we're building eight unit and 10 unit uh, multifamily buildings in these either uh, like we have a duplex we're going to add eight units turn into a 10 plex single family we're turning into a seven plex. Uh, so you know that's how we're able to do it is by using those bonuses that allow us to get and some people are going up to 20 units and more.
1: <laughs> so pretty wild, yeah. This is crazy. I've never heard of this. You know, this yeah. is uh, this is pretty impressive. Yeah. This is all news to and, me. So, and what so- also comes with that is there's also
0: certain uh, building fees that they do not charge on on mm-hmm. all of that. Whether it's just a simple JDU, all the way up to a 20 unit, there's they they waive uh, a lot of the standard building fees for those, and they also accelerate the uh, permitting process. Now we are talking about California, sure. so you know. It not going to be as fast as wherever or, or texas or oklahoma yeah but but it's still we're seeing we're seeing being able to start our design process to turning dirt to, at about nine months wow so that's pretty good yeah that, that's still that's still pretty good so that's you fan- know that's fantastic yeah, I'm, 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 you know, that's where, again, through the iteration process that we've been through now, now I know that and 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 we're vertically integrated. I'm a general contractor, so we, okay. you know, we do the building. We do. So, so now we feel like, OK, now we've got this thing wired and we can just kind of chug along.
1: That is awesome. And, and you know, in regards to like building these units, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, I think this is before we actually started the podcast, but uh, there's two different strategies, right? There's like the buy and hold and there's the buy and sell. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah. So for now, we're doing buy, build and sell. Okay. But, uh, you know, in the future, definitely want to be able to do a mix of build and sell and build and hold. Because one of the things that's important is this affordability, you know, the the actual part that's actually mandated by the government to be affordable, lasts for 15 years. Excuse me. Mm. So if you can hold it to the 15 year period, obviously, let's say you've got four units that are affordable in four units that are market rate well you flipped the switch at year 15 and now they're all all eight units are market rate that's a especially with what we expect the growth to be um, that's a big bump right so uh, definitely want to put in a mix of both
1: yeah that's pretty cool so with in terms of say you're you're doing these These build and sells, right? Are you able to say you already have a duplex or something on a property, and then you're building multiple units uh, separate from that? Are you able to sell those separate? or those units separately, or you have to sell the whole property all at once?
0: You just kind of consider it like one apartment building, Uh, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Now there are there is, and there actually have been set some new rules that allow a homeowner to actually sell off, like like in the example of the single ADU, like if you build a. Let's say you've got a five thousand square foot lot and a twelve hundred square foot house in the front and a twelve hundred square foot ADU in the back. Now you can potentially sell those, make them a condo, and sell it off as a condo. But that's a whole other thing. And
1: sure, yeah. we're not doing that.
0: That's yeah, a different not, pod, different that. podcast episode. There. So. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So, so basically, it's yeah, it's just like a single unit. I think it's a. I think it's a great strategy. And you know, when you guys actually start getting into some of the the build and and rent, you know, I think there's obviously there's more considerations there in terms of like underwriting, in terms of like, you know, what are the, what's the new insurance or the new, you know, the new taxes going to be and stuff like that. So I think it's very interesting and I can see how it could be extremely beneficial in markets where, where affordability and inventory, it it remains an issue. Right. And so, um, uh, with, with what, just, just for you to have
0: an idea, the state of California is mandated. The city of San Diego needs to provide uh, through through the year twenty thirty, almost not quite, but almost fifteen thousand units a year, and we've averaged around four thousand. Well, because oh, wow. of everything that's happened, housing starts just fell off a cliff. Right now, so far this year, we're at about half of that. So there, so it, you know, we'll just never, we'll just never attain the amount of housing. It's really kind of sad, actually. San Diego is just uh, named the least affordable city in the entire U.S. Really? really? Yeah, okay. I just don't see that changing anytime soon. So it's oh. it's. It, it makes me sad, but I'm trying yeah. to do my part to kind of help uh, profitably, right? Help to uh, improve affordability as best we can, right? Yep,
1: yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about cost of construction for a little bit. So, you know, obviously, I don't know what the, co- the cost of construction is, you know, per square foot in San Diego. I'm sure it's high. Uh, but it when is. you, when, Yeah, okay. But when, so we're talking about a brand new house or something like that versus building these multiple units, you know, is there is there a difference there? How can a potential investor look at that economically in terms of like, hey, is this going to be beneficial for me or not?
0: Yeah, uh, cost of construction is around plus or minus $300 a square foot. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot higher. You've got, I mean, and that's really, that's being really efficient. Okay. Because we, we have considerations for seismic and just, sure, uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff that maybe, say, you wouldn't ha- I imagine, like, say, in Colorado, I don't think you have right. seismic, right? Nope. Or, or in, like in Texas or wherever. Sure. So, and, and, and fire and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we kind of see it around $500 a square foot. But in a lot of the areas where we're doing our work, we're selling it anywhere from $700 up per square foot. Mm. So now that isn't, you know, you're not making that whole delta. Yeah, yeah. Because of land cost and everything else. But but there is a nice, nice delta that happens when you're adding 3,000 or 4,000 square feet at $300 a square foot and able to sell something out at seven or $800 a square foot. So, so, Yeah, there's a, you know, we target, and I was telling you before, very comfortably, even with everything that's happening right now with interest rates and all of that, uh, I feel very comfortable in targeting a 20% annual uh, return to investors
1: that is, I mean, nobody's going to be mad about that, right? That's a pretty, that's always that's always a, gr- a great return. So, you know, you're just talking about investors, right? Are you seeing a lot of investors uh, looking at this as a potential option to to do something with the property they already own or potentially buy a property and then do this with? Is, is it something you're seeing uh, grabbing more attention from real estate investors?
0: Well, of course. So all the projects I've done, I've done partnering up with other investors. and And now for the first time, I'm really doing the passive investor Yeah. Uh, Thing. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people are intrigued by it because I, you you know, there's, I talk about the returns, which is always great. And I don't want to talk about anything more than about 20% because I don't want to get crazy. Sure. Uh, But the other thing is, is the downside, right? I think more important than anything, especially now, is the downside risk. So we're already buying a property that's in some form of distress, right? So you're already doing your rehab on the property that you've. Purchased, whether it's a single family or duplex or fourplex or whatever. So when we do that super value add, I feel like more than the return, the most important thing is is because of that buffer, that delta between the built square foot a uh, dollar per square foot and the the value at the end, that that we're really protecting our investors from the downside risk. Right. That's that's the big thing. So if we have to hold, we hold. Right. It's like we we go in with a high equity uh, amount in the to begin with, and we finish up with over fifty percent equity position when we're done with the construction. So I, I feel very comfortable doing that and telling somebody, hey, maybe more so than talking about upside, it's it's you know great downside protection.
1: Man, I think it's huge right now, right? Because you're seeing a lot of potential stress that could be distress that could be coming in the near future with, you know, different asset classes, right? Including multifamily, right? So having having that understanding and that kind of risk mitigation uh, with with a real estate investment, especially right now, I think is massive. And I think a lot of you know a lot of our listeners are passive investors, including myself. So hearing something like that gives me a lot more confidence to dive into a a new strategy. Maybe that's something I'm not familiar with. Like, okay, well that I like what that's sounding like. So let me let me take a, a dive into that. So you know. Yep. I have a whole list of questions here for you, Marcelo, about ADUs. I mean, we could go on for another hour or two, but I got to be respectful of the time. So before we get out of here, though, I know there's a lot of passive listeners listening to this right now. They're going to be interested in this. Maybe maybe they're not in San Diego, maybe they're somewhere else, but they want to learn more about what you're doing and maybe how they can be a part of that. So tell us more about what you have going on and and really how investors can reach out and where they can find out more about you.
0: Yeah, well right now as I said we're we're actively working on a raise for uh, interestingly enough a, a, a project that's got uh, seller financing. So Ooh. uh we're, we're at 5%. Hello. Ooh. So <laughs> nice. Nice. So if anybody's interested, uh we're going to do we're going to go heavy on the equity side with that, but uh, but yeah, the seller's providing 5% interest, so that's pretty darn awesome. So we got a raise going there. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. my website is again uh www.thenextwavegroup.com and then you'll see in there we have uh our guide and you can just hear uh, more about us. I'm also on LinkedIn and all that good stuff, but, but the place to go is the website. Then you can find out more about us wherever you think is interesting to, to look and, and follow
1: us. So perfect. Yeah. Marcelo, Mm -hmm. we're going to make sure to put that on the show notes. I love that you guys are putting together passive investments as we were talking about earlier. I'm a, I'm a big fan of passive investing. I do a lot of it myself, so I'll be looking into what you guys got going on for sure. But, uh, yeah, for listeners, make sure to go check out Marcelo's website. I know he's got a guide on there, uh, a lot of good stuff there, so make sure to check it out. But Marcelo, this has been a great conversation. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you, Daniel. I really appreciate it. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the podcast. We're always looking to bring you guys the best insights and strategies for building our real estate portfolios. And your ratings and reviews really help with getting top guest speakers that are the best in the real estate investing business. I promise this will only take you a few seconds, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for being awesome, guys. Cheers.